everybody welcome to episode 60 of the fighting goat my name is arjun chipalkati aka mystic chips and you are listening to the only fighting podcast on ibmpodcast.com we have a lot of great content coming up so stay tuned we'll be right back after a quick commercial break Hi guys, welcome back to episode 60 of The Fighting Goat. My name is Arjun Chibalkati. I'm with my partner and those Somesh, the superhuman camera. Namaste, dosto. Namaste, dosto. It's Namaskar. a beautiful, it's a beautiful day today. I am sitting Kaka in Manipal. Beautiful, it's so hot, yeah. Well, I'm sitting in the beautiful educational city of Manipal in Karnataka, and it just rained out here. So There's the weather is Manipal, beautiful. Please. All I remember is that tons of bars where people go partying. <laughs> well but who goes partying those are the students out here that go partying it is an extremely beautiful place it, it has just lovely. rained so the climate has been great i'm in a very happy mood and a sad mood because we have some news to break with you guys yeah, that's man. coming up later but chips we no, had no, no, first of the bad course, news coach, first the bad news before we go into the good news No, but let's start with the good news. Let's start with the good news and okay, we'll end okay, with the bad okay, news. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, but the best news that I've heard uh, this week was uh, a potential return of heavyweight guru and well, new heavyweight and light heavyweight god, Johnny Bones Jones, Mr. Yes, Kamra. Absolutely, there are speculations that John Jones is currently negotiating his next contract with his employers, which is the UFC in the heavyweight yeah, division. He is looking to come back in July versus the July, former heavyweight UFC champion. UFC two seventy five or two seventy six is what two seventy six versus Stipe Miocic, and that's happening. I know you know and the thing is that there's speculations going on nothing has been decided yet but they are very very sound speculations they it's being said that maybe John Jones will face Stipe Miocic for the interim belt while Francis Ngannou waits in the wings to see who the winner is because apparently Francis Ngannou is not ready to fight anybody right now he's doing his own negotiations as they go on simultaneously so right John Jones coming back man you know what a great matchup that is but honestly I see it favoring uh, the former light heavyweight uh, king Absolutely, I think that Is the that kind of happen? tools that he. has versus the way he uses them i am of a strong opinion that john jones is possibly going to dominate the heavyweight division unless and until there's one of those freak knockouts that But happens see, because thing, you know it's the way he uh, moves you know the way he moves he doesn't get hurt correct. easily it's he's always rolling he's always moving backwards he's always moving right. side to side so and by the time you come and you actually put your foot down to attack he's already kicked your legs out a few hundred times those side kicks to the knee oblique kicks calf kicks right. there's so many he's so right. rangey and he's one of those unique fighters that can hit you from range so steve well, already has bad knees well see the way this goes normally is that the top 5 in the heavyweight division are extremely egoistic individuals and you know when they feel that there is a new contender that's coming on the card they are all going to go at him now it's up to I john jones this. to actually cement his position and start taking them out piece by piece because in the heavyweight division see it's not like the light heavyweight division where you know maybe a dc shot or an anthony rumble johnson shot is going to catch john jones and he can eat it in the heavyweight division it's as simple as one francis ngannou uppercut or one right by derek lewis could completely shut your lights out yeah but the, so, that's the thing but it's also the technique you know is a we look at you look yeah. at when you compare the lighter weight divisions with the heavyweight divisions what do we say yeah the heavies sacrifice technique for power because right. they've got so much power they just throw 
They don't. You see the middleweight, you see the welterweight, you see the lightweight, you see the technique in which they throw. You see an Alexander Volkanovsky's technique, how he steps in and steps out. Right. It's, it's very big difference. Stipe Miocic, you see that. It's not very pretty, but he gets the job done. Francis Nagano against Rosenstrick, he was swinging and flailing his hands. And right. one landed and, you know, that ended the show. So right. that's the thing. Somebody like John Jones, who's such a tactical thinking man's fighter, is going yeah. to have a great time because not only is he, he's never been, you know, the, you can't say Jones is a dangerous striker. It's his, right. It's people don't know how dangerous his takedowns are. People don't know how his range is. His well, but at the same time, that was in the light heavyweight division, which oh, was of a certain weight category. Now, right, come on. I would have loved to see John Jones entering that division with a fight with Cyril Gan because Cyril Gan is fast. He's got good technique. But he's he got good hands power. and legs. But I'm not very worried about somebody like Cyril Gan because Cyril Gan, no matter what, he doesn't have finishing power. Whereas if you look at but if you look at Cyril Gan, so but if you look at Alistair Overeem, had Alistair Overeem been but around... But Alistair Overeem is not there in the UFC no, anymore. Had he been around, you know, he would have posed a very dangerous threat. Yeah, but you know, like he's not... Sadly, he's not there anymore. See, John Jones is... John Jones is possibly in his early 30s right now. He has a good 6-7 years more in the UFC. I personally feel the Cyril Gunn fight would have been nice because I still feel in the grappling wrestling department, John Jones is going to be way superior for Stipe Miocic. To everybody, dude. Cyril Gunn got taken down by Francis Nagano. Jones would but have see, Francis Ngano. See, Francis Ngano is a natural heavyweight. John Jones is coming up too heavyweight. At max, he'll be 245, 250 pounds of loaded, you know, muscle. Yeah. Someone like a Cyril Gunn and a Francis Ngano, they are naturally big in size. You no, know? I'm some of them even have to cut weight to make it, you know, like, but make but it to 65. But you know, but come on, so you and I both know this that you know, sometimes the way Jones tosses people, he does it more with technique than with power. But we've not seen that in the heavyweight division. Correct, exactly. So if I'm saying that if he does that to say somebody like who's if he can take down, you see, guys who say when they have a certain technique that can work across divisions. And it's yes. not like Jones is an undersized guy. He's a big guy himself. He yeah, was huge he for light heavyweight. So with him at 250, he's going to be a very big force to contend with. Absolutely. But that guys, once that fight is fixed, I promise you we'll have a whole episode dedicated to that because we have a yes. lot more to talk about. We have, you know, because last week we spoke to a very, very, uh, you know, esteemed guest. And uh, this week we didn't have time to do a recap of UFC 273 which was such a great card. We were all in the studio together and I win my bet against Mr. Kamra again. No. <laughs> I bet you that uh, Aljamin Sterling would retain his bet. That was the only one that you won. You, you That's bet, the only you one bet that on mattered. Korean Zombie. No, no. That's no. the only one that Dude. mattered. No, no. Such ball, such ball. Such ball, such ball. Dil mein, ko kaha dukha, such ball. <laughs> Dil mein kaha dukha. <laughs> See, I won with Khamzat and I won with Dude, Alexander Khamzat, The thing is, but you and I both agree. Okay, so let's run the results back. Okay, the three main fights <laughs> of the event were Alexander Volkanovsky and the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung defending his belt. We had uh, we had Khamzat Chimaev and Gilbert Burns, and of course yeah. we had Aljamain Sterling taking on Peter Yan. And now yes. in the Khamzat fight, I'll say one thing though. I sincerely and honestly feel that fight could have gone to Burns. I saw that fight well, again. I think so too. And on well, the fight I... metric scorecard, Burns was up. I think so too. I think so too. In fact, uh, it was quite shocking that Gilbert Burns' fight was a unanimous Except decision. That was completely 29-28. Across all judges, I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. At it the was. same time, 
with a heavy heart, I have to say this. I think Aljamain Sterling, the decision was a split decision. I feel it that was. should have been a unanimous decision. Correct. It is the opposite. It was clear 48-47 across all boards. Yeah, where it should have been unanimous, but it was yes. split. And where it should but have no. been split, it was unanimous. But coming back to the Kamzat point, it answered a lot yes. of questions. You know, President Dana White said, you know, like, cut the guy some slack. You know, he's cracked the top 10. He's just beaten, he's just beaten Gilbert Burns. And I'm honestly saying this, that in his Gilbert victory… Gilbert Burns ranked 3. Correct. He's cracked that top five now. But I'm honestly saying that in defeat, in defeat, Gilbert Burns has exposed more of Kamsa Chimaev than anybody else has. It has proved that that man is human. It's proven that he can be knocked down. It's proven. And it proved one thing that, you know, maybe it's right or wrong for anyone to say this, but it's proven that he's not ready for the champ because Kumaru Usman would have fended off those takedowns and gotten. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, see, but a lot of people spoke about the fact that Kamzat cannot take a shot. Of course, in his last three, four fights, he's just taken one shot. But in this fight versus Gilbert Burns, he took 117 significant strikes and exactly. he was still there. Yes, he did get knocked down. Dude, he, he got robbed all of that. Badly. But he still hung in there. And see, at the end of the day, whatever it is, he won the fight. This event was... Yeah. At the Y Star Memorial Arena, which was in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, 14,605 people in attendance, and they were all rooting for Burns at the end of it. They were because they knew who won the fight. Correct. And honestly, I'll tell you, you know, where you knew that it affected Kamzat was in the post fight press conference. I was watching the way he was responding. He's like, yeah, yeah, I came in and I got my 50 G's. Oh, yeah, I fight. I don't care. I come for 50 G's. He, he was defensive because he came in and yes. talked a lot saying that, oh, I'm going to knock, I'm going to smash this fool. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Right. And I think he realized himself that maybe he, you know, a lot of times the fighters get caught up in their own hype. Yes. A lot of times. Yes. Guys like Sage Northcutt got caught up in his own hype and see what happened yes. in his career. There are yes. a lot of guys it happened to like that. And Kamzat is, now it becomes a very important moment now for us, Somesh. Because either yeah. he changes and he improves or, you know, he's going to get realized by other guys. The oh, champs, see, guys so like my... Colby Covington and, and Usman are uber elite fighters. Uber Correct. elite. And these guys will work it out. I mean, Correct. you know, somebody like Colby, who's so tough, so, so tough, is going to pose a real, real threat. And also, let's not mention, Kamsat got tired in a non-grappling yes, three-round fight. Do you know the kind of pressure that Kumaru and, and Colby put on someone? Oh my God, that, that would absolutely be crazy. In fact, the last event which had Bilal Mohammed and Vicente Luque would have been a very interesting fight because Bilal Mohammed finally beat Vicente Luque and that was also in the welterweight category. Now, if you just see the top welterweights out there, right. there's Colby Covington, there's Leon Edwards, there's Kamsa Chimaev, oh Gilbert God, Burns and Bilal Mohammed. You know? And Leon Edwards is right now cracking that Kumaru Usman fight. So yeah. honestly, there's no... So in terms of ranking, sheer rankings, I think there is nobody apart from Colby Covington that Kamzat needs to fight. But I truly believe someone like a Bilal Mohammed can also give him a tough, tough fight if you ask me. A Kamzat versus a Bilal Mohammed would be perfect for Abu Dhabi. It's actually, you know, honestly, it makes no sense for Kamzat. I mean, this is according to me because if he fights Bilal Mohammed, Bilal has already yeah. asked for, for, uh, for Gilbert Burns. And I don't think he's ready for Burns, to be honest. Oh, no Honestly, ways. after that performance from Bilal Muhammad, where he got cracked by Luke with yeah. a short left, not even a hard one, short yeah. one. 
He got cracked by Luke once or twice and then he went to his blanket. I think something was up with Vincente Luke that day because he was just, you know, when he fought, when Vincente Luke fought Michael Chiesa, Chiesa took him down and Luke was so aggressive off his back. Yeah. Ended up catching him in a dash choke while getting yes. back to his feet. And you could see, you could see the same thing. I think something was up with Luke. He was just not being able to, you know, get his momentum going on the ground. I mean, right. I'm not taking anything away from Bilal Mohammed. Props. He, he followed a game plan that he had to do to win. He followed a yes. game plan that he had to do to win. And he won a five-round, you know, decision. It was yes. not the prettiest. It was not the most crowd entertaining. It was not the favorite. But a lot of it was a stylistic game plan. And he did yes. what he had to win. So props to him. But it also showed that, no, he's not ready for that top five. He's not ready for Burns. He's not ready for Colby. He's not ready for Kamsat. He's not ready oh, for Leon. Colby. He's Dude, not. Colby is a whole new level, to be Colby really honest. Colby is still number you know, one right now. So he's at a whole new level whatsoever. I mean, I would love I mean, to see, I would love to see Bilal versus Masvidal because that'll give him a great, that'll be a great fight to check him out. Well, it would be, but I think Masvidal is just gonna go for the money fights at the moment. So pretty much that Can was Kamsat versus Kamsat. Dude, Masvidal comes up would be really good. But again, I think Kamsat is over that. I think Kamsat is going to eat him up. And uh, no, if he's dude, beaten, he can just block the grappling because you know Masvidal has got a chin. And mm. you know Masvidal hits like a truck. He does. But so, you know, people underestimate Gilbert Burns to be really honest. I no. think Gilbert Burns is extremely strong. He's got good hands. And he's, he's got great hands. So, so underrated, you know, so, but, so underrated. But that's the thing. It's either I would love to see Gilbert take on Masvidal right now, because that'll be an mm. interesting fight. Because then, correct. you know, we're going to see I'm, two I'm, power I'm, punchers. Correct. Like, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not very interested in that fight. It doesn't tickle me because I think Masvidal is little off his prime. And his full camp fight versus Kumar Usman showed multiple loopholes. And if Gilbert Burns has that same game plan going in, I think Gilbert Burns is going yeah. to close with Masvidal's the grappling, show. Yeah, the thing is that with the grappling advantage that uh, Gilbert Burns has, yes. it's going to be it's going to be too much for... But why I'm saying Kamzat is maybe, you know, Kamzat can be goaded into standing with Masvidal. Correct. He can be Correct. baited. And he, if he can be baited into standing with Masvidal, this becomes a very interesting fight. Correct. Because very few guys yes. can stand with Masvidal. Very few guys. Absolutely, and, yes. But, and, that, but there and, were very few people who could also stand in front of Peter Yarn. But I think Aljamain Sterling had a perfect game plan in the true. co-main event of UFC 273. Aljamain Sterling finally closes the door on Peter Yarn and defeats him via split decision. 48-47, 47-48 and 48-47. You, you know, that brings me to uh, actually a small topical discussion that I want to get into, which is going to be slightly longer. So I'm going to push it to just take a quick commercial break and come back. And then we're going to talk about the entire first fight, the second fight and what we saw in the last UFC Fight Night card against with Kayo Borayo against uh, Gaziev. I think I'm going to get the name correct, right? And we're yes. going to take a quick commercial break and come back because we saw one very common similarity. And we're going to discuss it in detail as we take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere, guys. We'll be right back. You've been listening to The Fighting Boat. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 6-0 of The Fighting Boat, where Mystic Chips and Superhuman Camera are discussing a lot about UFC 273. The fight night that just happened, Vicente Luque versus Bilal Bahama 2 and the similarities between certain fighters, their attitude, their technique and a lot more. So, Mystic Chips, just before the break, we uh -huh. went in and you were talking about 
a certain type of fight slash fighter slash technique that we were going right. to be discussing. No, so see, okay, so in the first fight between Aljamain Sterling and uh, Peter Yan, in yeah. the fourth round there was an illegal knee thrown. Okay. Yes. It was uh, Peter Yan threw an illegal Peter, knee on Aljamain Sterling. Yes. So an illegal knee is where a, a knee is thrown to a downed opponent. A downed opponent means either so if a fighter is on his toes. even if he's crouching on his toes that's considered a standing opponent the minute there's a three point which means if any other appendage apart from the two feet two toes hits the ground it's considered a three point which Absolutely. means no more is a fighter allowed to knee the head you can knee the body you can knee the shoulders you can knee the underneath the neck everything is legal apart from that right it's is called considered a disqualification so you're saying that if my feet are on the ground but one of my hands is touching the canvas that is a ground opponent correct and even if my hand is not touching even if my knee is touching the canvas yes. it is considered as a grounded opponent yes so the minute if oh. three points of the body are touching the ground right it's considered a downed opponent absolutely that's a very good explanation for our listeners because not all of them will know what a grounded opponent is so that's an yeah. excellent analysis of it but this only applies in the ufc and under the unified rules system unlike correct. in one fc where you are allowed to knee or kick a down opponent correct you are correct. and that's where the bloodlust in me and mr kamra comes out saying yaad hai pride ke din jab <laughs> oh you remember the moment when kamzat got dropped by burns and burns bet for a soccer kick soccer kick <laughs> i almost soccer kicked it you know dude i would have taken the disqualification i would absolutely i would have chalega absolutely right 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 dude if that would have happened <laughs> trust me burns's next fight would have been a sell out On oh, on the pay per views. Oh man! If you I just said any... I don't care about the disqualification, but the <laughs> like, fact that I'm going to sell out an arena <laughs> is going to be huge. You sell out an arena where the referees croak up. <laughs> the referees croak up. Man, man, man! Hey, I didn't see anything illegal. Keep hitting, keep hitting. <laughs> Stomp also. Shogun is the referee. Shogun, Fedor, and uh, Vandele Silva are the referees. <laughs> and Crocop uh, is the in-ring referee. Uh, judges, sorry. <laughs> so anyway, coming back. So in that fight, Peter Yan landed illegally, knee, and he got himself disqualified. Now, the first fight, yeah. Now in the last main event, so please just remind me who was the co-main event of the evening because I know all the fight happened. What happened in the fight? But I forgot. Right. Is Kayo Borayo? I think is a Brazilian yes. fighter. Kayo Borayo versus Gadsi Omar. Gadziev. Gadziev. So okay, so let's say call him Omar, okay? Because he's a new fighter and we we're not yeah. very well versed with him. So as the fight went on, okay, for two and a half rounds, Kayo Brayo dominated him. And Correct. then against the cage, he lands a illegal knee to the face. Bob boom. Lands a illegal knee to wow. the face. Wow, yes. Yes, he did. So now, according to the new rules, is something called a technical decision where if the fighter on the ground cannot continue the points will be deducted for that knee the points Correct. will be deducted for that knee the fight will be stopped if the fight cannot continue but no longer is the fighter a say suppose for example like the same thing that happened in the first fight with peter yan and aljamain sterling aljamain right. sterling got dominated for four rounds yes then took the knee now no longer will that problem ever occur because from this point onwards the points are tallied up to the third round ah. up to the point so now you have points that go up to the so two and a half rounds they fought the points were tallied and the fight went to the actual winner after the deduction very interesting so basically no more oscar nominations from the ufc <laughs> no more no more awards <laughs> are going to be nominated for the best actor now a technical decision is going to be awarded 
That is so good. In fact, that was so necessary. You know what the good part about sports, especially in MMA, is that because the sport is growing, it's new, there are always these situations coming up. You know, the UFC is, you know, giving their, submitting their reports to the officials and the main governing council is looking at it and saying, yeah, you know, I think we need to change this. We need to change that. I think we can do this. We can do that. So it is such a wonderful sport to be in because so much is happening. So much can happen as well as the contribution is from all sides. It's a, it's a 360 degree, you know, open platform. So Somesh, yeah, you know, you were right by saying, you know, that the new policies are out and uh, yes. these three rules keep changing from time to time. But according to me, if you see, I think this was one of those rules which really needed to change. Because yes, right absolutely. Now, and can you imagine how pissed off Peter Yan would be right now? Oh man, he would, you know, <laughs> I mean... But see, it's a good thing because, you know, when somebody explains to him what really happened, this entire scenario, I think he would be one of the game changers of the industry. I think that's a good way to look at it. Because you see now, because Michael Bisping explained it perfectly the other day. Because when Kayo Borayo landed that knee, he's like, you know, I'm sick of people saying unintentional. Now, because it is absolutely intentional. You know the rules. It happened. Now, it can happen in the heat of the moment. Soccer kicks happen. Storms happen. But to look and premeditatedly throw a knee to someone's head is absolutely intentional. He's yes. like, stop saying unintentional. Okay, according to me, look, tomorrow if you're throwing an inside leg kick, the foot slides up and can hit the cup. That is unintentional because you are yes. meant to hit the inside of the leg. You don't right. mean to hit him on the cup. When you're kneeing somebody to the body, the lower abdomen, sometimes the knee can slide and hit the cup. Yes. That is also unintentional. Yes. Completely understand that. But when you're kneeing somebody to the head, you know what you're doing. Absolutely, yes. And, you know, it's not in the heat of the moment. You, know, you see, you see that position, you see the fighter has his hand down or Correct. he's in a certain position and you go, boom. Exactly. And and, and know, it's that, very much intentional. I completely agree with you and I completely agree with Michael Bisping on this. Exactly. And Michael Bisping so smartly said, you're like, you know what, like punish them, punish them properly for that knee. Deduct two points, deduct three points. Right. But deduct the points, deduct the, make them feel that hurt, feel that pain inside. Right. Because if today you deduct one point and you're already leading on the scorecards, that's fine. But this is the beginning now. If from tomorrow onwards, depending on the gravity of the knee, depending how bad the knee is. Right. You know, you can deduct the point. Depending how badly the fighter got affected by it, you can deduct the point. So if they start deducting two points. Yeah. You know, so there was a time where uh, I think there was a fight between Michael Bisping and Anderson Silva. And there was a time where Michael Bisping's mouthpiece kind of flew out and he told the referee, you know, I think it was Mark Goddard or... uh, Herb Dean, Herb Dean, Herb Dean. Yeah, or was it Herb Dean? And he said that, listen, my uh, mouthpiece has has fallen out. You just stop it and get my mouthpiece. And at that time, Anderson Silva need Bisping in his face and Bisping dropped and he was unconscious and the fight ended. That should have been the end of the fight. No, so that was the end of the fight. It no, was, no, uh, no. Michael Bissing won a decision. He came back. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, right, Herb Dean right, didn't right. call off the fight. Herb Dean Correct. didn't call off the fight. Michael Bissing got knocked down. He was badly hurt. That should have been the end of the fight. But the bell rang for the round immediately. Oh, yes. It was like the final two, three seconds or something Correct. of that sort. It was the last 10 seconds and Michael Bissing was caught pointing at the referee and Anderson said, ha, you look away, you snooze. Boom. You know, boom, caught him. So, you know, that was not exactly an illegal knee. But at the same time, I think the referee plays a very, very important role 
you know, in this situation. The referee in that situation, according to me, and I've told Herb Dean this personally saying, dude, I think that was not right what you did. Because Correct. it's not his fault. You are not, you, you can get distracted. It's your job to say, look at your fighter. The bells, the, it's time is still on. Yeah. I'll put in yeah. your mouthpiece when I get a chance, when you're not engaging. Yes. And Silva yes. took that gap. He's such a wily tactician. He just took that one second of loss in concentration and boom, need him. And well, that was but when it. we speak of boom and dropping the fighters, man, how did Volkanovski drop the Korean zombie? Oh, we're moving up now. My God, I don't know what to say. It's, you know, that man does not get the respect that he deserves. And do you feel, Sumesh, somewhere that he's going down that same mighty mouse route? He's racking Absol- up the wings. You and know he's what? not getting the love and he's not getting the respect. You have, in fact, stolen the words from my mouth because UFC or there was some combat world or some, you know, news channel that uh-huh. on Instagram that, you know, said, who's the best featherweight of all time? And they had Brian Ortega. They had Max Holloway. They had uh, Jose Aldo. Yeah. And I think they had one more fighter there. And Alexander Volkanovsky's name was not there. What are you and saying? I was like, and I was like, dude, 21 and 0. 21 and, and 0. Beat Max Holloway twice. Twice. Take it by, by whatever. No, but he won. Vote. He won. It's as simple as that. Yeah, he you won. Know? The results say he won. He won. You know, he breathed Brian Ortega. He He's taken everybody out. And dude, he's, he was not last two fights, He's not beating people. He's brutalizing them. He brutalized exactly. Brian Ortega. He brutalized the Korean zombie. You know, and in fact, Korean zombie is somebody who doesn't get knocked out. He only gets freak knocked out by, you know, upward elbows and yeah, all of that. Yeah, he, Rodriguez. You cannot knock out Korean zombie. He's called a zombie because he keeps marching forward. And Alexander Volkanovsky, who doesn't have a height advantage, who doesn't have a reach advantage, who I feel may not even have the power advantage, still knocked him out. And this guy is still now, it was not technically, one of the, it was the top. Doctors, the referee stopped it because of the damage. Zombie was alive. I mean, see, at the end of the day, it was a TKO, you know. So no, it was because it had to be stopped because he was taking too much damage unnecessarily. You know, and there was a time where he was just wobbling and, you know, the referee just had to come in because they had seen enough, you know. Yeah, I, I know. mean, if you or me were the referee, we'd be like, three more rounds for this, let's go. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't think he's getting the respect that he deserves. He's of course, not. you know, maybe he doesn't sell the fights. Maybe he doesn't, you know, act flamboyant. Or all that. But I think he's one of the best fighters in that division. You one know, of the best fighters. You know, there's a whole argument that can be made. Where, you know, we've talked to enough promoters. I've worked with enough promoters in boxing and MMA. And yeah. they've all told me saying, you know what? It's all well and good to have an undefeated fighter. But yeah. if you're not putting asses in the seats, I and if people are not willing to pay for you, yeah, I don't not going to care that much. Like Absolutely, you're great, yes. you're very good. But see, that's why that's why guys like Anderson Silva, they they were all in a very weird position. Anderson later in life started selling a lot of tickets later in Brazil and certain places. Right, but in certain places Anderson didn't sell. But the thing is that that guy's unfireable. You can't fire an undefeated phenom who's knocking people out in the first round. You just Absolutely. can't. You can't fire somebody like that because you'll be stupid to fire somebody like that. But at the same time, you're not giving him his solo main event slots because right. he can't sell cards on his own. Right. And there are guys who are, regardless of, you know, Connor could lose five more, but people will still come to watch Connor. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, and yes. It's but same thing. You know, coming back to the champ, Mouse, you know, man. coming back to the champ, I'm so happy because what news we've got is that Henry Suhoto is back in the USADA testing yes! pool. I heard, I heard. And he clearly said, 
I want to come back and face the featherweight champion because I want to become the first guy to hold a belt in three weight categories. So that's another very Man. interesting prospect because he did it for the 125 pound division. He Correct. did it for the 135 pound division. And no matter what you say, he took TJ Dillashaw out. He took Mighty Mouse out. He's he's taken some of the best guys in the business completely out of business. So I was yeah. like, you know, it's great to see Henry Sudo back. I don't know how he'll fare versus Alexander Volkanovsky. No, but the thing is, so guys like Henry Sudo also, he's got that mindset. You know, that champion mindset yes. where they just, you know, where where you just, where they don't care. They're ready to go into the deepest of waters because they don't care. They yes. don't have that word loose in their vocabulary. They just yes. don't. Yes. And Henry Sudo is one of those animals who, you know, to do that. Yes, absolutely. And if anybody, I think, could give, you know, him a, another, this thing is Sehudo. Sehudo is also nasty. And Sehudo's grappling is on another planet, dude. Olympic caliber grappling. Oh, absolutely. His wrestling yes, is absolutely. insane. I mean, he threw TJ Dillashaw to one side like he was a child. Yeah, I remember I that mean, fight. It was crazy. And it's, it if crazy. anybody could do crazy. it, it's, it's, you know, but, you know, but coming back to that, that Mighty Mouse thing, I hope that, you know, fighters like Volkanovsky, you know, you can't train, you can't train PR. You can get a publicist, you can get somebody. But Volkanovsky, right. you know, even for all the trash talk he talks, no, he says sorry in the yeah. before it only because he said something to Max Holloway saying that, oh, you know, you're facing somebody because you didn't want to face me or something. And then he immediately yeah. apologized saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. And I'm like, come on, let there be a little trash talk, champ. Let there be a little trash talk. I want to see it. You know, and, but sometimes, uh, you know, See, fighters are human at the end of the day, you know, and not right. and not all of them are like a Conor McGregor that will run them out even after breaking their leg. Correct. So, you know, Your wife I, just, is in my DMs. I just think that it's <laughs> nice to be a good guy. But most, most of the times, the good guys don't sell. It is the bad guys that sell. And that is pretty much what it is. But what is coming up, buddy boy, after the short commercial break, we'll be talking about the two fight nights, which is Bilal Mohammed versus Vicente Luque in brief. And the card after that, where we have, of course, the women's strawweight division, where Amanda Lemos is taking on Jessica Andraj and we have Clay Guida on that card. So a lot more coming up after this short commercial break. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with episode 6-0 and some quick information about the fighting goat. Stay tuned. Welcome back. You've been listening to episode 60 of the fighting goat with your host Arjun aka Mystic Chips. Chipal Kati and my buddy Somesh, the superhuman camera. We've been talking about a lot of things in the world of MMA. There's a lot of news coming up and a great new card coming up as well, where, which is a female, all-female headliner between Amanda Limos taking on the very own female divisions, Mike Tyson, a.k.a. Jessica Andraj. Absolutely. And also we have Clay Guida on that card. Clay Guida, I think, is closing into his, I don't know, 45th fight or something of that sort. Excuse me, more, more, much more. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, great, great strawweight division. Amanda Limos is a new kind of fighter coming on. She's trying to displace Jessica Andraj from her premier position. That's a good fight because you know there's it no is, better it fight. It's there's no better person. You, you know, I see. If you want to, you want to get to that championship, you take off one of the top lieutenants. Yes. And Jessica Andraj is a perennial top two. She's yes. not gone lower than top one or two. I mean, she lost to who? She barely lost to uh, to Rose Namajunas. 
Yes. She lost convincingly to Valentina Shevchenko, but that's in a different division. And yeah. But see who she's lost to. She's lost to the greatest in the world. There's no shame in losing to the greatest in the world. Valentina and, Shevchenko. And yeah, in Valentina Shevchenko. And she's 1-1 with the current strawweight champion. So, she's won over there. Correct. So, a win here could probably propel her into, you know, into that. But right now, I think well, the champ is facing yes. the cookie monster uh, next, right? The, yes. I, I think yes. uh, the strawberry champ is going to be facing... Uh, God, I forgot. I only call her cookie monster, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Valentina Shivchenko is going to be back in action in Singapore UFC 275. Who is she fighting? Very, Valentina Shivchenko, um, she is, I don't remember to be honest, who New contenders, she's fighting. Basically. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I hang on. Valentina Shivchenko versus Ritual Sacrifice. <laughs> it's mean. true, man. No, but come on, man. There was, you know, there's a time where everybody used to be like uh, Anderson Silva versus whoever, you know, it didn't matter. Yeah, John Jones versus matter. Ritual Sacrifice. Valentina right. Shevchenko versus Ritual Sacrifice. Yeah, so, Valentina Shevchenko is facing Tyler Santos, the Brazilian fighter, next. You know, I will never ever count out a Brazilian fighter. These guys are too tough. They go for broke. They don't care if they break their limbs. But Absolutely, yes. it's just, you know, it's just one of those fights. But that being said, guys, we've got some news for you coming up with the Fighting Goat. We're going to be sadly, sadly, sadly taking on a two-week break. But there is light at the end of that tunnel because we are rebranding and we're re-innovating and we're going to come back with a whole new avatar and look at a whole different time, which is yet to be confirmed. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. The Fighting Goat, as Mystic Chip said, is going to be on a two-week break. We will come back with UFC 274. Absolutely rebranded. But we'll come back with our own lives in the middle to keep everybody company, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So we'll be live. But the Fighting Goat as a podcast is on a two-week break because we've entertained you across 60 shows every single week, four <laughs> times a month. And uh, yeah, sometimes we just need so to take emotional. a little bit of a step back. You know, it's, it's like it's one kidding. of those breakups, you know, where the girlfriend goes abroad for two weeks. <laughs> breakup for two weeks only? Yeah, it's only a two-week breakup. So, yeah, no, it's only uh, a two-week breakup. So technically, as Ross would say to Rachel, we were on a break. We're going to be on a break <laughs> for two weeks. But that doesn't mean you don't enjoy all the Fighting Goat content, which is available on ibmpodcast.com. Follow me, Arjun Chips, at Arjun Chips on Instagram. And on Twitter, I'm at the Mystic Chips. Go, Somesh. Well, you can stay updated with me, Somesh.Kamra on Instagram, Somesh underscore Kamra on Twitter. Stay tuned. We're going to be posting all updates on when we'll be back. We are rebranded and we're coming back with a live show only on IVMPodcast.com. So ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned. Check out some exciting content on IVMPodcast.com and we will see you back in two weeks with Mystic Chips and the superhuman Kamra. Till then, stay safe. And take care of yourself.